0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into another episode of The Buster Show. Today, we have another very special guest, Mark Metru. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for
1: being here. Brother, thank you so much for having me, man. And uh, thank you for opening up this platform. It's been great to see what you've been able to do. And uh, yeah, hopefully one day hope to revisit this interview in in Connecticut or when the world turns back on.
0: I think a great starting point um, for anybody who's not yet familiar with who you are, what you do. I first discovered you through your wonderful LinkedIn feed. It's a platform that I'm a big fan of. Um, and you're one of the top guys, in my opinion, on that platform. And uh, so I, I first discovered you there. I saw you talking about mental health, and I saw you talking about you know, improving yourself and the business experience that you have, had had and have had and continue to have. Um, yeah and i thought that that was very unique on a platform where mostly people just talk about their successes so yeah i want to open up the floor to you real quick to introduce yeah. and give a little bit of context on how all of that came to be
1: yeah man so i'm i'm a totally normal 23 year old i do a lot of things i host a Uh, Top 100 podcast called Humans 2.0. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. I'm on this Amazon Prime documentary series called The Social Movement. I do a lot of different things. I'm the author of this book called Screw Being Shy. Uh, Yeah, how to manage social anxiety and be yourself in front of anyone. And, uh, you know, I talk a lot about mental health. I talk a lot about psychology. I talk a lot about, um, you know, how do you how do you best orient yourself in the world in a way that is not necessarily about your career or about like the hustle or about entrepreneurship because you know for me man i kind of um you know my parents they immigrated to this country from egypt and they came here with no money um and for me i always faced um social anxiety And I had that for most of my entire life, but didn't know it. But despite that, I was still able to become pretty successful, pretty financially successful when I was pretty young, like 15, 16. Um, And so all of a sudden, I kind of go from, uh, you know, like living on food stamps uh, to, to all of a sudden, like making six figures at a young age. And what I learned is that that's not happiness. That's not success. And ever since that experience, um, and then like when I was like 18 years old, I fell down a pretty dark path in my life where I was just kind of lost. I became really depressed. I became obese, used alcohol and food to, to just kind of cope with my pain. And, uh, you know, there was a time where I was suicidal. And so luckily I've been able to climb out of that. And I've now come back, like I feel like I'm living my life with a like a, like a second chance and I feel like I've, I just got to talk about the most important things. And it is, you know, mental health. It's, you know, how do you go to sleep at night? You know, like, do you, can you not fall asleep at night because, you know, your head or your anxiety um, doesn't let you or you have to smoke or get high or drink to do that. And so, yeah, I mean, just kind of going through my life, uh, facing the success that I've had, I've just realized that that's not what the game is about. And on my podcast, like, I've literally had people from people from the NBA to uh, the co-founder of Netflix to billionaires literally come on and be like, hey, you know, when I had like $500 million um, in my account, I was literally going to kill myself. And so just going through what I have learned and what I've seen from others, I've just decided to just talk all about this because I think it's the most important thing. Um, because, you know, to be quite frank, I see a lot of people who grow up in their lives and everyone has problems but a lot of us don't deal with these problems and a lot of these problems have come from our past a lot of it's come from our childhood and today in society we just don't really have solutions for those at least at a mainstream level and so personally what i went through and what i see a lot of other people going through is trying to basically just get validation from the world, whether that's starting a successful business, even if it's a good business, uh, getting a certain amount of followers, looking a certain type of way to almost just like use that to try to, to heal yourself, to try to make yourself feel better. And um, the truth is, is that can only go for so long. Eventually, somebody reaches a point where it's like, hey, I just have to focus on like what my own heart, what my own head, what my own spirit is telling me. And the truth is, is just because I have money or just because I'm hanging out with a certain group of people, that doesn't actually make me happy. Um, And so, yeah, that's like basically what I've dedicated my life to in a nutshell, because I just think it's so important. And, And, you know, I think if, you know, you look at what's happening in the world today with, you know, things from COVID to quarantine, to protests, to all these different things going on, And I think it's just been such like a sort of a profound reminder, a slap in our face that everyone needs to take care of their mental health from NBA players to leaders, to billionaires, to people who are homeless, to um, middle class America, to people in poverty. Because the truth is, is I believe that if you can get the inside of your head sorted, you could literally do anything whether that's change the world, whether that's get out of poverty, whether that's just have peace in your head. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do that in the form of, of books, of podcasts, of audio books, of, of talks before the world shut down, um, any, any possible way that I can do that. I'm currently flirting with music right now. Um, but yeah, man, just trying to, trying to find as many different ways to, to hit the same message and reach as many people. That was a hell of an
0: introduction. I appreciate that, and I I love that. That is, you know, this purpose that that you've aligned yourself with, because I think it's so incredibly important. And you know, as big of a fan as I am of the education system, I think there are a lot of things wrong with it. And I think the fact that there aren't people like you teaching in them is one of those problems, Um, because nobody ever mentioned, you know. It's all like, how do you do? How do you do algebra? How do you do? How do you speak like a couple words in Spanish? Like, how do you? Like, I forget them after class ends. You know, like these yeah. things. Um, whereas nobody ever mentioned to me that you literally are your thoughts. Your thoughts <laughs> are your value. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how many friends you have. It doesn't matter how much anything you have. It matters what you think. That's it. I was reading a book, you know, a few weeks ago, and, and in it, it was like the most common disease in the world is mental illness. And yeah. it, it's so true. And whether that be like things like small things like anxiety, or bigger things like depression, or whatever it may be, just the importance that we should be putting on that and the emphasis that we should be putting, but we aren't is crazy.
1: Yeah, man, it is crazy. And, and, and you know, if you look at it, it makes a lot of sense, though, because a lot of the times, you know, we, we have only been taught to pay attention to physical reality. So I think of reality as multiple different dimensions. There's there's physical reality that's like what you see, um, you know, like with your eyes, like any, any kind of physical uh, touch or, or visuals. There is like an emotional realm of reality, which is how you feel. There is um, a, a psychological realm of reality, which is like how your brain is just automatically structured. And then there's, you know, depending on who you talk to there, I think there's a spiritual realm that goes much deeper, but we are taught to only pay attention to physical reality. And so when you're living in that world, it becomes, you know, Hey, if this person has some sort of a problem and they break their leg, you put them in a cast. If some person has some sort of a problem with their heart, you take them to the heart doctor and you, you do whatever, some kind of surgery, uh, a pacemaker, I don't know. But then it's like, if your brain is broken, if your mind is broken, nobody can see that. And so I think that's a, a big thing. And then also the second part too is, I don't really think the world, to be quite frank, uh, cared about the average human life. Um, and what I mean by that is, for example, if you scroll back to history not too long ago, To like World War II, you know, you're living, you know, this, that was less than a hundred years ago. And you're talking about a time where governments like civilian governments would literally drop bombs on civilian cities and literally just like kill thousands of people. And so there was, there was nothing near the value of human life that we have today. Mm. And so if you're living in a world where, you know, people are like way back, You know getting shot in the street bombs getting dropped nobody cares about what you're thinking nobody cares about how you feel you know because it's just a totally different realm but now where our society has progressed much farther than that violence is um you know very rare in the grand scheme of things now it's like hey we have built this this uh this version of reality Um, that is helped by technology that is helped by comfort that is helped by entertainment and the media that may not exactly put us in the best environments that help help keep us happy productive and safe and so what I mean by that is um you know I recently had on this guy on my podcast he's a top neuroscientist and psychotherapist his name is Dr. Daniel Amen and this guy um I'm pretty sure this guy's like a, the mental health doctor of some guys in the NBA. Uh, he's uh, he's Justin Bieber's doctor and Miley Cyrus. Um, like I know Miley Cyrus was just on Joe Rogan and she mentioned him. It. Yeah, and um, and basically what he told me was that um, the number one commonality that he's seen in 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 all sorts of mental health conditions, from not so serious to serious, is a deficiency in vitamin D which you literally get from being outside in the sun really, or, or certain like animal foods that you eat. And so like, that's like a very small example of like the education system is not teaching people the very basic natural laws that have made us human throughout thousands of years. And then all of a sudden we are placed in various environments for good reasons, right. For comfort of like being inside, being in a climate controlled environment with air conditioning but that has various consequences. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons as to why we're seeing it, right? Like you could see the same thing on on exercise. You know, like a lot of people today are just staying inside, hunched over on their phones, hunched over on their computers. And yeah, and like when you're talking about a, a lifestyle like that, human beings are just not meant to live in there. And so that's going to create all sorts wow, right. of imbalances. Literally, man, like you, you know it. And so there's all sorts of like scenarios that I can point out that the education system should have taught us from the sun to movement to food. Food is a big one. Uh, sleep, things like drugs, alcohol. How do you even deal with your emotions? How do you not just suppress them? You know, I think this is massive for guys. You know, I think so many of us as guys have just been taught to, oh, just, you know, suck it up rub some dirt on it, you know, don't be so sensitive. Right. Uh, when the truth is, is like, if you've never been taught how to process your emotions, what's gonna happen is you're just gonna shove them to like the back of your mind, where you feel like they have no control over you and you just forget about them. But then what happens is like, three, four, five, ten 10 years later, all of a sudden you have that same force happen, come back and bite you, and now you're stuck in a problem and like that's how people get put in a spot in their lives where they're like 40 50 years old and they're like wait what just happened with my life like all of a sudden all this stuff just went by and it's because they never dealt with sort of the the root cause problems that then control your behavior and like you know you talked about thoughts and um you know, I did, I did some research about this on the book. There's no confirmed number, but according to the latest science, they say that the average human has 60,000 thoughts a day. And the truth is, is like, yeah, it's crazy. And this is the part, right? Some of those thoughts, we know we're thinking about them. So like some of them, you know, oh yeah, like I'm thinking about this. But then uh, most of them, we have no idea that we're even thinking about them. So like, they're completely unconscious. So basically like our mind is like an operating system. So like, if you launch a website on your computer, what you see is like the website loading, the picture loading, maybe the video. Yeah. But then if you go behind that, there's like tens of thousands of lines of computer code of different beliefs of different ideas of different assumptions. And so that's happening with our brain 24 seven. And so like Will Smith, he talks about this. He has the best analogy for this. He says those thoughts are basically like um, if you look at a movie script and you see like, oh, Josh is supposed to say this here, and then and then Josh is supposed to say this line here. Those are our thoughts. They basically control the script of your life. And so, if you can look at somebody's base level of thoughts you can basically predict what they're gonna do in their life. You can basically predict how their life story is going to happen. But this is the big thing, this is the big thing that I realized, Buster, that I personally learned on my journey that I think a lot of people would find this valuable is you have this script running 24 seven, whether you think it's on or whether you think it's off. Yeah. One of the most powerful concepts I learned that can stop this script, that can make you be like, wait, 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 like what, is, like, what is the actor? Like, who am I deep down? And why are they saying these things? Because a lot of the times we grow up as kids, we have all these ideas that we get from our parents, that we get from our community, maybe our, our group, our church, whatever it is. And some of those aren't ours. And some of those, quite frankly, don't make us happy. And so one of the best ways to think about this is, if you can interrupt your stream of consciousness, if you can interrupt these conscious, unconscious stream of thoughts, that's where you can actually get perspective and live in the present moment and then make a decision that can impact your life forever. And so what do I mean by that? For me personally, a conscious interrupt was when I was 18 and I was suicidal and I was walking the streets of Boston by myself at 1am trying to like fantasize about somebody, um, Walking up to me and trying to mug me and kill me. And I would walk in like the most dangerous areas of the city. And I would do that for like two, three weeks just because I was in so much pain. I didn't know what to do with my life. I didn't know what to do. Um, and so for me, a conscious interrupt was when I was walking one night and then all of a sudden there were like no cars in the street. I wasn't listening to music on my phone. I wasn't even looking at my phone. There was nobody on the street at all. And all of a sudden I just felt like a, like a pure silence. And it was one of those moments of silence where like, it was kind of eerie. Like he, like, I just kind of looked up and I was like, there's like no noise. This is kind of weird. And it almost kind of felt like all of a sudden the focus of life got on me. And when that happened, I don't know exactly what happened, but all of a sudden I just felt like a, like a burst of emotions. And I felt like, um, I felt like all of a sudden I felt an emotion that I had never felt before. It was almost kind of like, it was almost kind of like my mom gave me a hug. That's kind of how it felt like. And when I felt that, I had never felt that emotion before in my life. And so I remember that for me, like literally just interrupted like the stream of consciousness in my head that was like, go kill yourself. You suck. Nobody likes you. People hate you. You don't deserve this, all this stuff. um, That interrupted it. And so when that happened, I remember just like running home crying and just like having like some sort of an emotional experience that for me is one of them another example of having a conscious interrupt was um, I have a friend of mine his name is uh, his name is uh, Garane Jones I don't know if you've ever heard of him I um, you should definitely look into him He has a crazy story and basically this guy he spent most of his life like in prison like stealing cars doing drugs all sorts of stuff and he had this conscious interrupt moment with prison because someone was actually like nice to him for the first time in his life. For yeah. some people, a conscious interrupt is a bad thing happening. It's like all of a sudden some traumatic event happening and you're like, oh my God, I didn't know that life could be like that. I, like, that and then, Yeah, and like what happens is when you experience some sort of an event like that, that you didn't know could happen in either a good way or a bad way, it literally forces your mind to be like, whoa, I thought I knew what this world was, but in reality, I have no idea what this world is. And it's only until you can reach that level of, of I don't know what this is, that then you're like, okay, let me go learn. Like, let me go learn and, and figure out what to do. Um, but you know, the, the issue is, man, is that so many of us who have anxiety and depression, we have just begun to live in that identity of saying like, I have anxiety and depression because my name is Mark and it's because I'm a loser, or it's because of um, my parents did this to me, or it's because of this. And some of these things are, are very valid, you know, I'm not trying to discount anybody's experience.
0: Best advice for people that are feeling that and wanna make some moves to get out of that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, this is the biggest thing. You can't take anxiety or depression personally, and so the biggest the biggest issue that I run into is, and this is the same exact way that I used to think of like, yeah. if you can't realize that anxiety and depression is literally like a scientific phenomenon, it's like literally this thing that happens in your brain. It's not because you're a loser. It's not some. It's not because you are a moral or ethical failure. It's just simply you are a human being that is alive on a rock in the middle of outer space, that has 60,000 thoughts in your head, yeah, Yeah, that is subject to all sorts of events, experiences, good and bad, and um, you may have some problems. And that's totally, like, that's all good. And the truth is, is like, if you never had anxiety or depression, I mean, you'd be screwed because that's a big part of how human evolution has been fueled. So Buster, one of the biggest concepts, things that just literally completely changed my life and let me work on myself. Because the pattern that people who have anxiety and depression, the reason why they, they still have that is because they haven't figured out a way to climb out of the pattern the same way that I never figured out how to climb out for like 18, 19 years. And this is literally it. You, you think to yourself, hey, I guess I, I might want to do that a little bit better. I want to improve my life. And then what happens is you say to yourself, oh, I would improve my life, but then I know that I suck. Or I know that I have anxiety and depression and that's gonna make me not be able to work on things. Or that's just gonna mm-hmm. always make me sad. And so people are just stuck in this in this loop really for no fault of their own, but this is just what happens in terms of the mind. This is why the mind is like the worst prison to be inside of. So the first step is to realize, And to disassociate from that identity is to say to yourself, hey, my anxiety and my depression, I'm not going to take it personally because just because I have anxiety, it does not mean that there's something wrong with me. It does not mean that I am some moral ethical failure that God created me or my parents created me and I'm just somehow uh, messed up. The key is, is the way that you start to take that and depersonalize it and start to look at what mental health objectively is, is by learning about the neuroscience at mm-hmm. a very basic level. And what I mean is this, the moment when I understood that our brain is a survival organ that has existed for thousands of years that you could almost look at separate to us a brain is this organ that its main job is not to, it's not to keep us happy. Our main, right. the main job of, of our brain is literally to keep us alive, to yeah. make sure that we're survived, uh, make sure that we're not about to get killed any second, make sure that we have enough food so we don't starve. That is what our brain does. And, it, and like if people listening to this, if you go on Google and you type in cognitive bias codex, What you are going to see is literally a chart with a brain inside of it. And it's going to break down every single cognitive bias, every single cognitive distortion, every shortcut that our brain has created, neurologically speaking, for thousands of years to help it function better. And so what I mean is this, right? So you know how if you're on your computer and you want to copy and paste something, You can either, you know, go over to it, right. Click it, hit copy, go to the document, right. Click it and then hit paste. Or you could just click on it, hit control C and then go to your document and hit control V as a shortcut. Instead of doing that, our brain has these same shortcuts, but for life itself. And so for example, um, you know, like uh, the most common one is called the negativity bias of like, if a if hundred people walk up to you today and 99, tell, 99 people tell you that you're great, Buster, but then one person walks up to you and says, dude, you suck. Your brain, naturally speaking, is going to focus on the person who gave you that negative piece of feedback, yep. comment, even if it's not right. even legitimate. <laughs> comment section life, man. That's like, a, a social media is such a, a pure example of our brain right. being bastardized by sort of these cognitive distortions. Another one is like, right when you hear like a piece of partial information, mm-hmm. your brain immediately rushes to create a story to paint the full picture for you, even if it's wrong. And, but then your brain will be like, no, no, that's the truth. And then you'll operate in that way. And so if you look this up, we that's literally cool. have- We just make,
0: I find this all the time myself. I'll think of something, I'll come up with a negative, make up a story and then take it as truth. It's the most ridiculous, illogical thing ever. And I do it every day. Me
1: too, (laughs) literally. And so if you look this up, you will literally see we have hundreds, if not thousands of these that are literally invisibly running our lives. On top of that, you have this other key element that our brain uses called neurotransmitters. People know things like dopamine. Dopamine is what helps you form habits. It's what gets you off your butt. There's other neurotransmitters like oxytocin, which is like that love feeling. So like if you're connecting, you're loving with someone, that neurotransmitter is being activated. There's another one called serotonin. And serotonin, it does a lot of things, but it regulates your mood. So like it literally controls your energy. It controls your appetite. It controls your sleep. It controls your desire for sex. It controls uh, how you talk and how you function in social groups. And so once you begin to like pull back the curtain, you begin to realize like, oh wait, no, my life is actually a series of different neurotransmitters firing, my brain chemicals doing different things, all these cognitive biases, distortions, assumptions, uh, laws, fundamentals that I may or may not know about, that is actually what's running your life. That's actually what creates anxiety and depression.
0: It's so much bigger than us.
1: And I think that's
0: gotta be the primary takeaway here. It's that we are just, we are very simply an evolution of monkeys and we're a little bit better and we have a slightly bigger brains and we want all these things that nobody else wants. No, Nobody in <laughs> history, no animals, nobody has ever wanted the stuff that we want and we're trying to get it all. And the only way to do that, you know, is to be happy mentally. Um, and that comes from, you know, uh, I think my takeaway from everything that you said is just that it's bigger than us and that we are just, purely designed for survival and hey we've done a great job anybody right. that's listening to this has succeeded <laughs> i've got great news for you you know as as my good friend uh charlie would say you're on a winning streak so oh, yeah um so i, I think for that's charlie. i think that's great um yeah, yeah it's, so, it's so funny man that you, man t- this stuff's got to be taught in schools let's let's put school aside though we're the education system for this podcast, exactly. Um, and I, I think that's one of the beautiful things about social media and people, um, you know, finding this kind of stuff. But um, my my question for you is: um, for people who who are just getting begin, who are just beginning their careers. Yeah, and find it very difficult because it's a different thing for somebody, like, and obviously money doesn't equate to happiness, but money does make things easier. For and sure. if, you're, 100%. if you're working, you know, really hard, really diligently at, at certain things and you're trying to get to that point, it can be more difficult to 100%. find that perfect mental clarity and, and happiness and all that. Or if you are in school, like myself, I hated school. Because it wasn't so you know, yeah. I know the same is true with you. Um, so I, I just hated it every day and I couldn't have found this in- yeah. Fortunately, I just pushed everything aside and like did my, you know, stupid fantasy basketball blocking. <laughs> That's like that was my escape. And I, I was yeah. able to take it decide until afterwards where I was, you know, able to begin to attack some of the stuff that, that we're talking about here. But for people who are in that kind of zone and my 16 year old self would definitely appreciate your advice on this one. Um, you know, what, what would you say, uh, to, to best help that, that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. So, you know, money, money is a very real thing and how it affects mental health. Like if you are under the poverty line, you have a much, much higher chance of, of having a mental health problem. Um, and like they've done studies that show, you know, if your income is below a certain level and like you're struggling to pay your bills for next month, you know, that takes so much cognitive energy out of your brain that it actually makes you dumber and it stresses you out more. And the thing with that is when you're living in there, bro, there's no way you can talk about your mindset. Like that's just the truth. And I think back to when I was growing up, I never even heard the words mindset or, or like you can develop yourself or mental health or any of these until I became pretty financially successful. And then I started asking questions of like, what really is success? Because I have the money, but yet I'm not happy. Uh, And so, yeah, money is definitely a a very real thing um, that is definitely affected. But in terms of um, like your question, how does somebody work on their career who's just kind of starting in this area? Um, You know, what I would say is I would really look at myself in terms of hardware and software, And so what I mean by that is I think this world is overly obsessed with software. I would, I would put in the realm of software of like um, kind of like your, your, and these things are still important, but your soft skills, your mindset, your ideas that are popping around in your head, your thoughts, maybe any kind of information that you pick up from Instagram or podcasts or books That's like all the software that's running around in your mind. And then there's hardware. Hardware is whatever the software is running on. And so if we're talking about the mind, the hardware for the mind is your brain. It's not your mindset or it's not your mind. It's your brain because your brain is a physical organ that is housing your mindset, that is housing your mind. And so if you can look at these, you can begin to break these down into into a system. And the big takeaway of what I was, what I was saying before of don't take anxiety personally, because that's, what's going to get you to fall in this cycle where you blame yourself and you shame yourself, but you never actually make progress. But if you're able to not take it seriously and you, and you look at it as like sort of this scientific process and it's bigger than you, like you said, then what begins to happen is you begin to look at this more of like a science project. You're like, you know what? Let me experiment with this. Let me try this. Let me try to do this. Let me stop doing this. Let me stop doing this. Let me see what kind of output. Let me see what kind of change it can create in my life. And it's only until like you remove that layer of judgment that happens from like, oh, why, why do I suck? Why, why, do I, why, why do I have anxiety? Why am I depressed? That then you can do that. And so in terms of hardware, software, this is how I'd basically do it. Your software, that's gonna come from you listening to podcasts. That's going to come from you uh, reading books. That's going to come from you talking to people who know more than you. That's going to come from, um, you know, maybe you, you journaling. Um, You can even, you know, incorporate other things too. But I think the biggest one to be quite frank, especially for people in our generation specifically is hardware. And, And like, what I mean by this is for a generation and for people who are as focused on the physical layer of reality that I talked about before, Mm -hmm. we completely neglect our hardware. We have been taught that like, if we see somebody, we see somebody's physical body and they're not fat, that means they're healthy. When in reality, that's not the way that you should look at things because there can be people, for example, who are unhealthy. They're very stressed out. They don't go outside. They don't eat healthy food. And let's say they are literally obese. However, for somebody else, they could be doing the same exact things, having the same exact patterns, but they don't get obese, but instead they have anxiety because their hardware is in balance. No, that, yeah, exactly. That's like, that's not it at all. Like that's not it at all. It's not about your metabolism for sure. You know, if, if I was talking about this from like a, from like an athletic perspective, then sure, maybe we could talk about that. But just in terms of what we can look at, this stuff is so important because I guarantee you, most people who are listening to this stuff, even if they would consider themselves in the realms of like athletes, like they can, they go to the gym, they are physically healthy. I guarantee you most of everyone in our generation's brains is completely destroyed, it's inflamed. If you like literally do a physical brain scan, I guarantee you it's not the best. And the reason why I say that is for many different factors. One, um, like I said, when you look at sort of the scientific phenomenon and how our brain has existed, our brain has created certain resources, certain needs that it needs to get checked off. One of them, like I said, is literally just going outside and getting sunlight. And so if you're not doing that and you are depressed and anxious, that's a great spot for you to, to, to try out. Um, going back to what I talked to you before about... Um, Uh, neurotransmitters like serotonin, this is the one that controls your mood. It controls how you talk to people and how you function in social groups. Um, If you actually look at the most recent 10, 15 years of science, they've actually found out that most of these serotonin neurotransmitters, most of them aren't even in your brain. It turns out that 90 to 95% of these neurotransmitters are actually in this thing called your gut microbiome, which is an ecosystem of trillions of bacteria inside of your intestine and stomach that whenever you eat food, they actually digest it first, and then they pass it off to your human body to then use as nutrients and absorb. And so the reason why I'm saying this is because the biggest factor of how healthy your gut microbiome, which is literally producing the happy chemicals for you, which is not even in your brain. The two biggest factors is chronic stress and your diet. And so if you are... Um, if you're like super stressed out, you don't have anything to relieve your stress, you're constantly hustling, you, you're constantly getting on these calls, you're stressing yourself out, maybe your stomach hurts a little bit. I know personally for me, when I'm stressed out, my stomach can feel weird. I get butterflies in my stomach. That's one. The second one is your diet. And so if you're consuming, if you're eating fast food uh, on a regular basis, you're eating artificial chemicals, you're drinking soda, uh, sugar, alcohol, you're doing different kinds of drugs, that's going to destroy your gut microbiome. And so, like, personally for me, in my book, where I talk about this this section, the mm-hmm. section is called, first, my gut broke, and then my brain broke. And basically, I talk about the only time in my life where I was suicidal, even though I had previous mental health problems, came at the time where I just destroyed my diet (laughs) and i literally gained a ton of weight just from eating a ton of junk food a ton of crap and after that all of a sudden i saw myself get extremely depressed and literally suicidal and so that's like a very basic thing that people can literally do to check off the box because oftentimes these conversations around mental health anxiety depression they're very nuanced they're very complex you can't just say the same thing to everybody but if you can look at like some of these basic things that you can just do for your brain, then your, your mind is going to follow your brain. A lot of people think that if you can grow your mindset, then your brain will just naturally grow. No, I don't think so. If you grow your brain, if you give your brain the raw resources it needs like healthy food, exercise, water, vitamins, nutrients, fats, um, vitamin D, then your brain will literally become more healthier and it'll give the room for your mind to follow. And so that's one of the biggest things that I learned, because once you do that, then all of a sudden you have much less anxiety, you have much less overall depression. And then you go out there and you, and you like try to do these different habits, like meditation, which can totally change your brain or like starting a business or like doing whatever, it's going to make it way easier. So these are like some of the most basic things that people can just start off and and just sort of do, and just sort of like follow that process for like a month, even if you don't see any results, and then come back and message me on Instagram. (laughs) I love it,
0: that's that's great. I keep thinking about what you said earlier as well, just looking at it um, from a scientific perspective, looking at all of it from a scientific perspective. And if you can say like, oh wow, this this is interesting. (laughs) Apologies, this is interesting. you know, and you know, this is super this is like a super fascinating thing that this is happening to me, like that thousands of years of evolution is like, you know, being being exposed through me and through, you know, what I'm thinking. Like, this is so cool. It's like me collect like collecting like vintage sports cards and memorabilia and stuff like that. <laughs> I swear I can tie it all together. Um, because it's like, oh, this this old thing, like it's coming true right now this is crazy you know so i think if if you look at it from like oh like this is pretty dope you know let me let me just let me fix it like it's cool that these things that have taken so long to evolve and and become true are coming through true through me but you know off of that um let me let me try some of these these theories you know or these tactics that mark's talking about in this podcast and then then you golden baby. I like, I love it. Um, there he goes,
1: man. I but, caught anxiety. <laughs> <laughs>
0: literally. Pokeball. Um, I, I, I want to close out on this question. Um, so you said that money, in your opinion, is not happiness. I agree. Other things are not happiness as well. What do you think is Happiness. What are you? What are you chasing? Yeah. To implore others to chase as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know what others to chase, but honestly, what I have learned is that I'm, I'm not trying to chase happiness because what I've learned in my life is that happiness is a very, um, it's a, it's literally a neurochemical state that is fleeting that will go away. Mm. Um, and so for me. What I'm chasing is I'm chasing overall happiness at like a general baseline, which is like, I define that as like 75% positivity, 25% negativity, because the truth is, is you need some negativity in your thoughts, in your life. That is what balances everything out. If you're hundred percent positive, happy, there's something wrong with you. Um, but anyway, what I would say is I'm chasing the, the long-term fulfillment of creating a system in my life. That constantly makes me happy at a regular at a regular level, mm. and so if I like know that you know Saturday nights I have family dinner with my with my family. Sunday I'm with my girlfriend. Monday I am uh, you know going for a run in the park with my friend, and then later that day you know we're gonna go on a live stream. Doing all these things that I have learned that keep me happy based on like my health and then just what I love doing too. I find if I can look at it from a long-term perspective, that is much better. And the reason is, is because like, that's awkward. Uh, The last thing I'll say is the reason is, is the reason why my answer came out with that is because for 18 years of my life, I was chasing happiness and all I got was pleasure. So many of us confuse happiness with pleasure. We say we want to be happy. So you whip out your jewel and you take a hit of this vape or you go, you know, you know what I mean? So like, it's very fleeting. So I don't want to focus on that. I'll focus on the long-term. And if you can do that, then it doesn't make you want like the momentary um, hits of pleasure that are just going to make you happy for like five minutes and then go away.
0: And then the down, like the after effects. Exactly. Of are all negative. Yeah. And That's- it makes it harder. And I mean, if you look at, I love, i i don't love jeweling. i've never jeweled in my life but i love the example of jeweling is what i was gonna say because it is perfect in the sense of a lot of young people do it they shouldn't two is it's not good for your health and
1: it's not good for your long-term happiness so there's nothing to gain from it that's exactly it man and the truth is, is like you know we all need breaks like you need to be compassionate on yourself but yeah i mean what i've learned is like if you can press a button and then that makes you chemically happy there's going to be a long-term drawback just in terms of like your mind. So, so yeah, man, that's it. And, and yeah, I hope people do, honestly, I hope people do whatever out there that makes them happy. You know, I had to make mistakes and, and mess up and I still do today Damn. until I figured out my path. And that's it. Like, I think everyone is exactly where they should be. And I think the main thing is just keep trying, keep like trying to represent yourself keep trying to express yourself in the world. So.
0: it's Important, man. I appreciate you, you doing that and saying that. Where can uh, where can people find you best as they want to keep listening to you?
1: Yeah, so people can uh, check out my podcast, Humans 2.0. If people want to go, if they want to like go deep about this stuff, definitely check out my book, Screw Being Shy. And um, yeah, I mean, a good overall place is if you just go to my website, markmetry, which is first and last name.com, that's a good spot. And uh, And yeah, I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn. Feel free to DM me, add me, shoot me a personalized connection request.
0: Amazing. My man, thank you so much. And I'm gonna get you investing in Pokemon before this day <laughs> is over, by the way. Nobody, Dude, I'm down, bro. Nobody leaves this show without I'm just kidding. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. Um we'll have to do it again sometime soon.
1: Awesome, dude! You're the best, dude. It was such a pleasure having—I mean, having you on. I'm like in podcast host mode. <laughs> 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 I do that all the time. I literally did that yesterday. I was someone's podcast, and I literally started closing it for them. And I'm just like, all right, I need to—I need to stop talking. I need to. Awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>